Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. I'm going to be reading from John chapter 14, um, verses 15 through 18. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So here we see Jesus at the tail end of his life, about to go to the cross. And he's giving them a promise, which he repeats all through scripture. But today I want to speak to you from this idea, this title. I'm hoping you're taking notes. Listen, grab your smartphone, your dumb phone, grab, your, your, uh, grab an offering envelope, grab a connect card, whatever you need to write on. Because I'm going to give you a bunch of Bibles. And I love how my friend David Higgins, he always says, like, I'm sorry if I, I'm going to give you too much Bible. Is that okay? Like, if we read the Bible, is that fine, Christians? Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. And so... Um, today I'm going to give you a lot of scripture because I want to untangle, but I want the Bible to do it. I don't want charisma. That's why I'm, I'm in my trusty stool because I want God to speak to you. I want the scriptures to speak to you, not emotionalism. Amen? So today I'm preaching from this title, Holy Spirit, Living Filled. Holy Spirit, Living Filled. Father, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to just spend time with you. And Lord, we've worshipped you, Lord. We believe that you're in this place and Lord, I'm so grateful that we don't have to invite your Holy Spirit into this place. Before this building was ever created, this city, Lord, this state, before this country was ever discovered, you hovered over the waters. You've been here. I pray, Lord, that you would open up our hearts. Father, that we would sense you. And Father, I pray today, Lord, for a special touch just over our minds, Lord, that we can be able to understand, Lord God, as we read scripture, Lord, as we walk along this journey, that we can take the truths of the Bible, Lord, and see that they're applicable to us today. Help us, Father God, to be able to understand it, Lord, and help us, Father, to gain wisdom and knowledge today, Lord. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus in his place? Amen. That was a, that was a clap that was like reserved for the Atlanta Hawks. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like that. I'm sorry, it's too soon. It's too soon. I get it, I get it. But it felt like that. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, great year, team. Can, can I hear a better applause for Jesus? Come on. Like if, like if you a Miami Heat fan. Why y'all stop clapping? Why y'all stop clapping? Like if you just beat the Milwaukee Bucks, you know what I'm saying? And you're on to the second round. Miami is the Lord's team. He vacations in Miami. It's true. It's in the Bible and the book of opinions. <laughs> hey, last uh, two weeks ago, um, we introduced this, uh, this, this, this series. And what we did was that we started off with trying to unpack who the Holy Spirit is in his initial role. And the initial role is that of unbelievers. 
And so we'll be able to talk to you about kind of what happens when the Holy Spirit comes alongside of you. And in John chapter 16, the Bible says that God brings, he brings, the Holy Spirit brings conviction. And for those that don't know Jesus, and maybe you're sitting in this room, please understand that this isn't a, a judgmental moment to try to bring you or shame you down. Man, if you're kicking the rocks and you're trying to figure out what this thing is all about, please understand that you found family here. You found a safe space, not to feel judged or not to feel like I got to get it all together before I'm accepted by these people. You belong way before you behave. We believe in a gospel that loves you where you are, that this whole thing that we created was all about you. That Jesus even says that he leaves 99 of us to go chase you. You're pretty important. So don't feel shamed. But scripture says that the Holy Spirit comes and he brings conviction. Number one, he brings conviction of sin because it's not sins. If, if you keep convicting people of sins with an apostrophe, it just brings condemnation. We know there's sins and it's real. And people, there's so many different ones. But Jesus says the Holy Spirit came to convict sin because they don't believe in me. The sin that Jesus is talking about and in scripture, it only says sin, S-I-N, is the sin of unbelief. Because we believe that if you believe in Jesus, then you can work on the sin. The lie of the enemy is that you're going to work on your sin and then you're going to believe in Jesus. It doesn't work like that. That's a cycle in which you're going to be there for decades. Your whole life is going to try to get cleaned up so that I can finally come to Jesus. You need Jesus to get cleaned up. You got to flip that thing around. Come as you are. While we were yet sinners, Romans 5 says, Christ died for the ungodly. We have access to the presence of Jesus because of his blood, not because we got ourselves clean and then we came. Okay, daddy, look, I'm good. I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I stopped doing all of this stuff. Now I'm ready for you. That's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it's going to be short-lived. Sin convicts you of sin. And then he also convicts you of righteousness. The righteousness is saying, because I go to the Father. The truth is that we can't be perfect enough to get to God. I mean, we've screwed up. We've messed up. We've done enough. Anybody in this room, you've never sinned? Ah, uh, we, we're, we're screwed. We can't go to heaven. We're all going to hell. Y'all ready? I got a corner lot. No, I don't want to go to hell. Okay, well, we don't have to. The beauty is that Jesus, because I go to the Father, because of the righteousness of Jesus, because we're found in Jesus, we're able to go to the Father because perfection is what God desires. And if it wasn't because of Jesus, we wouldn't be able to go to, to, go to heaven. But because of his blood, because of his righteousness, we have access to the Father. And he says, and the Holy Spirit comes to condemn of judgment. And when we talked about that is because the ruler of this world is being judged. And what we unpacked was that hell is real and it's a real place. One that was not created for us, that it was created for the devil and his angels. And we unpacked what happened with Satan when he said, I want to be like God. I am going to sit on the throne and how God cast him down and he created this place of everlasting torment. And it's not that God sends you to that place. In fact, he brings people. You got somebody in your ear right now telling you, you don't have to go to hell. You can turn from your sins and you can find yourself in the palm of Jesus when nobody can pluck you out of. But the Holy Spirit comes to convict of sin, convict of righteousness, and ultimately, if you ain't listening to the sin part, if you're not listening to the righteousness part, that judgment part is real. But if a conviction, for those of us that are in any type of law work, a conviction needs sentencing. If I get convicted for a crime, after that crime, I gotta be sentenced. Whether I have to pay money because it's a legal fee or a civil lawsuit, or I have to pay with my time, I have to go to prison because I committed a crime, there needs to be a sentence. And the sentence of scripture, we don't want it to be hell, 
The sentence of scripture and what Jesus came and what the Holy Spirit is nudging at your heart is a sentence of life that God wants to save you and that salvation can be yours. There's not one person in here. If there is one person in here that has ever sinned, raise your hand if you ever committed a sin. You're liable. You're good. You're good. You made it. We're going. We're all right, guys. You're in a trip. It's like, dang, Chino, you dragged me all the way down. I feel so dark right now. I came to church to get cheered up. I got to give it to you. Because this is what the Holy Spirit does outside of Christianity, outside of salvation. But then it gets fun because now what happens is that when you get saved, so right, so you, you submit it to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God, I'm a sinner. Hey, Amen. I'm not righteous. I don't got it all figured out. Hey, God, honestly, I want to spend eternity with you. The flames and the hotness of hell is scary. But what's even scarier is that I'm going to be separated from you for all of eternity. I'll never know joy. I never know peace. I just don't want to live that life. And so I'm not scared of hell. And that's the reason why I want God. I've fallen so in love with God that I'm not worried about hell. That's what we're trying to get you to. But here we go. We're going to kind of go on this journey. So this is the Holy Spirit's role. The Holy Spirit, he comes alongside. He can't come inside of an unbeliever, but he's around and he's, he's sitting there bringing conviction. You know, when you're at the club and you hear you shouldn't do that? Y'all too holy. I know your teeth straight in your mouth. You know, when you went to go sign that paperwork and you were like, I probably should. That's the Holy Spirit right there. Dang, she got a healthy posterior. Oh, he got a six pack. My husband got a one pack. And the Holy Spirit is right there just convicting, trying to bring you to the moment where you understand that. But then something really cool happens because the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer um, and here's where I want to untangle some stuff because I know that there's several different denominations, backgrounds, there's several different teachings on this. And so what I'm doing is I'm going to bring you a bunch of Bible so that you can hear it from the word, not from Chino. But what happens is this Ephesians chapter one, verse 13, it says in him, Jesus Christ, you also trusted. But after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Here's what happens to believers. This is my life and your life. Outside of Jesus, it's an empty life. I mean, there's, there's, you have a void in your heart. You drink, you do all of these different things to try to fill that void. And then the next evening, the next week, after the weekend, on Monday when you got to go to work, it feels like there's a hole inside of you. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is coming there and he's coming around and he's trying to, hey, buddy, hey, what your grandma said was true. Hey, listen, I, I love you. I want to be with you. And then there comes a moment in our hearts and Greater Church, I'm so proud of you. Um, as we mentioned two weeks ago, man, 46 individuals made decisions to go from being empty to having the Holy Spirit live inside of them and so this is what happens come on so this is what salvation looks like salvation looks like at the point that you believe in Jesus at that very moment the Holy Spirit makes residence inside of you you don't have to sit here and give tithes to the church you don't got to serve on a team you don't got to sit there and have somebody push your forehead 48 times so that you fall down. Or you don't have to say a word, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You don't have to tarry in the Holy Ghost for you to receive the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you at the point of salvation. I'm going to talk about being filled, but at the point of salvation, this is what scripture says. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? This is a scripture that you can take to the grave that the moment that you've confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, at that very moment, 
The Holy Spirit all of a sudden begins to live inside of you. He makes residence inside of you. And then he starts doing some fun stuff. Y'all ready to go in some Bible? And he starts doing some fun stuff. Scripture says, John chapter 16, verse 13, the Holy Spirit begins to guide you. The Holy Spirit begins to guide you. John 16, 13, it says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Remember, we talked about this Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. And so these are, that's the triune God. These are three different entities of God, right? So it's like, it's water, right? So if I have water and it's water, what is it? It is, some of y'all were like, I don't, what? I didn't read that part. I didn't get the notebook. If it's in ice form, it is all y'all getting there. And if I burn it up and heat it real hard and it go and it becomes steam, it is still some of y'all still don't. I don't know. I didn't go to science. I skipped. I was in the back smoking weed with the portables. Listen, (laughs) the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. And so the Holy Spirit, he comes and he begins to guide you in all truth. And he starts to move you in different places. How many of y'all who have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you knew that there were some moments that the Holy Spirit told you, you need to go this way. How many of y'all remember that? Raise your hand. Yeah, a bunch of us. Matthew chapter 4, scripture says that Jesus has been, he's been baptized. The Holy Spirit for the first time descended and it stayed on Jesus. It didn't go back. So it stayed on Jesus and it was there. But here's the crazy part about it. Immediately after there, the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord drove him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for four days. And so scripture talks about how the Holy Spirit will guide us. But then there's other times where the Holy Spirit actually deters us from going to certain places. Some of y'all, y'all look on Facebook and you've seen your high school girlfriend and you just thank you, Jesus, for deterring me. Some of y'all, y'all seen that boy that you thought you were going to die when he broke up with you. You were listening to nothing but key sweat. Nobody. I mean, you were just, you were messed up. You were messed up. And I would do anything. No. <laughs> no. And then you see him today and you're like, God, thank. Or you see, like my wife, she sees the hunk of man that the Lord gave her. You know what I'm saying? She got herself a black Cuban. A little bit of everything. Some sissy, ricky. I don't even know what that means. Speaking in tongues. It's the Holy Ghost. But what happens is that the Holy Spirit will direct you even where not to go. Here's what scripture says. Acts chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. It says, they went through the region of Pygeria and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come the opposite of Mysia, they attempted to go into Bethania, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to. And so the Holy Spirit guides you. There are certain places that he will tell you to go, and there's certain places that he won't tell you to go. And not only does he guide you, but he teaches you. John chapter 14, verses 26, it says, Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. It's a bit after what we read at the opening scripture, but he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. So the Holy Spirit actually lives inside of us and he begins to teach us things. Not only that, but he gives us revelation. Now, when you hear the word revelation now, depending on where you come from, that word has some big tones to it. And it's scary because you're like, oh my God, are we going to bring out the snakes? No. The Holy Scriptures, I remember reading the Bible, and some of y'all probably can agree with this. I remember reading the Bible, and before I knew Jesus, I was just trying to read the Bible because I wanted to get out of jail. I wanted to get out of trouble. And so I would read the Bible, and that junk said, thus thou is this. 
And there was some times where I would read the Bible. I'm like, man, I don't, what in the heck? But yes, Jesus, thou wast. But then there was this moment where I accepted Jesus. And it was crazy. Uh, John Ramundi, he shares the story. And if you haven't heard it, like yesterday he had an incredible day teaching with the, um, with the kids, got outdoors. And I mean, it was just an incredible time where he went fishing and they went shooting and they did a bunch of cool stuff. But, but John talks about in his story, and you need to hear his story, where he, was, he didn't understand the Bible the same way. And there was a guy that he talked to and he's like, yo, why are everybody saying what's up to you? What, what is this thing? I read the Bible. I don't understand none of that. And he said, pray. We're going to pray. You're going to go home and you're going to read the scriptures. And it was in that moment that the Bible says, what in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 11, it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, scriptures. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the thick, deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And so the Holy Spirit will open up scriptures and now you're reading the Bible and you're like, yo, that, that's me. Then you'll start watching movies. And as you're watching movies, ain't that right, Tara? You see a movie, you're like, oh my God, that's the devil. Oh my God, that's God. I see it. That's Karate Kid. That's not the devil. I just called Karate Kid the devil. I didn't mean Karate Kid. I meant the bad guys that try to beat him up. But now the bad guys are the good guys because of Cobra Kai. I don't understand it. It helps us to be able to see revelation. We can see the scriptures. We understand what's happening. But then it also helps us to live right. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 through 25 it says I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm going to keep reading the rest of the scripture but I want to give you a key especially when I talk to younger people in my own personal life. I've come to find out that this was a revelation that God gave me a key for me to live right that I noticed that this scripture applies to me and applies to you in an area that a lot of people struggle with. And what it says is, I say to you, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For some of us who are in this, in this place, uh, addiction, whether it be to a drugs, whether it be to a feeling, whether it be to pornography, um, whatever it is that you're addicted to. Scripture says here, I say to you, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I found myself that the closer that I seek after God, the less I stop talking to the ministry of Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, and the Tic Tac, and the more that I spend with God, I start to watch that all of a sudden now God starts to set me free from the lust and the things and the addictions in my life. And I notice that when I start to slip a little way, that God, the enemy starts to tap on the door. Psst, hey, remember this feeling? But the more that I spend time with him, the more that I walk in the spirit, I'm giving you a key because some of y'all been struggling. You're wondering why you get past it. And then a month later, you're getting right back into it. It's being walking filled up with the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. I say to you, they're too straight in their face. They can't. This is, it, yo, we're transparent church. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which is adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, hearsays, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you before, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And we live in the Spirit. Let us also walk in the Spirit. So what happens is that when the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, all of a sudden it helps you to be a kind person. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of y'all were just mean as a hornet before you got saved? And all of a sudden now, the things that you used to want to slap fire out somebody, all of a sudden now you just look at them and you just, <laughs> God bless your heart. You know God bless your heart means I want to knock you out, but I'm not in Jesus' name. God bless your little heart. If you would, uh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He almost wore his tooth on the ground. But it's, it's how many of us, even before Jesus, man, we were living a life and it felt like it was so dark. It felt like we used to see the things that we would see, even on a TV screen or the things that we would hear. It felt like we would wear these things. And if we looked at the news and the news was flipped upside down and there was so much turmoil, you would walk through these things and you would wear it. And, and you would feel like if you did anything, somebody was going to reject you. Somebody was going to make you feel. Some of y'all are Christians and you can find freedom. But some of y'all are Christian and you still deal with this. But you used to sit around a table and you would say certain things. And as you spoke, as soon as you finished, you were like, why did I open up my mouth? What an idiot. What is wrong with me? Do you know that when you begin to walk in the spirit, joy all of a sudden begins to take the place of that depression, that anxiety. Joy begins to take the place of that insecurity. Now you start to walk in a confidence that belongs to God because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 through 16 it says for those who are led of the spirit of God are children of God the spirit you receive the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again rather the spirit you received about brought about your adoption to sonship it means you're his kid and by him we cry abba father Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says that we have access to God. He begins to help us to live right. We're not slaves to sin anymore. We don't have to be slaves to sin. If you're struggling with sin, can I give you an antidote? Fill yourself up with the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You won't want to commit any of these things. The more that you spend time with God and the more that you fill yourself up. But for some of us in this room, we've been filled up. And we remember what it was like when we first got saved. And we felt like we had the Holy Ghost. But then all of a sudden, our coworker got on our nerves. All of a sudden, our flat tire. And then after the flat tire, the AC went out at the house. And then all of a sudden, your mom called you. You know your mom, she can get in that place. You know what I mean? She can get in that place. And then all of a sudden, after your mom, then your husband says something real out the way to you. And before you know it, you're walking and you're just... And, and for some of us, we've called on the name of Jesus, but we feel like we're like this. And I tell you that if you fill yourself up and walk by the Spirit... You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Acts chapter 9 verse 31. It says that the Holy Spirit living inside of you, it brings comfort. So the churches throughout all Judea and Galilee and, Gal Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it, multiply, it multiplied. This was after one of the most horrendous moments that has happened where a young man who is part, has He's, he's in a brand new leadership role, has been killed and stoned to death because he performed miracles and because he did things under the power of the Holy Spirit. And the religious leaders, they killed him. And here it is that after they killed him, you would think that killing him would kill everything. 
But in fact, it did the opposite. All of a sudden now they were filled with comfort and that comfort turned to strength. The Holy Spirit in moments of your darkest hurting brokenness that he brings comfort to you and he actually helps you to live and to walk in strength. Scripture says that it is the joy of the Lord that becomes my strength. That this thing actually does something inside of you. In Romans chapter 5 verse 5 it says that God pours his love into your hearts and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I, I was reading uh, on social media the other day and I, I told my wife about this. I was like, you know these tic-tac doctors? But I believed it. He said, whenever you're having, try this, it works. Uh, he said, whenever you're having like a super anxious moment, like a really anxious, anxious moment where you just feel like you're covered with anxiety, I'm gonna tell you before the tic-tac guy, tic-tock. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, here's what you do. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Write it down. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. Through prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto the Lord. And the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So the first thing you do is bring it to God if you're dealing with those things. But can I tell you a, a trick? He said, go get some cold water and splash it on your face. And so there were some moments where I just, I wanted to kill everybody. And I was just anxious, you know what I mean? And what I did was that I just splashed cold water on me. And I was like... It was, it was on my chest, murder. And I would just, and all of a sudden it just, it just went away. It just, I was like, oh, this is weird. And, and, and it was just funny. But can I tell you that you can actually do this through prayer. This is a key of the kingdom. Scripture says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into your hearts through the Holy Spirit. That these moments of like, man, God, I, I can't do this. Lord, I feel so broken. I feel so much depression, so much. There's so much shame right now. There's so much anxiety. There are these moments that you can say, Father, you said in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that you would pour your Holy Spirit into my heart. Lord, pour your Holy Spirit into my heart and you will watch as God will begin to turn it around. These are kingdom keys. But this is what it looks like when the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. But now, living inside of you and indwelling compared to the filling are two totally different things. And here's the line where we're going to start kind of getting into some murky waters and where we need the revelation from God. So I said, let me get out of the way and let me allow for scriptures because we like the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We love it when he's saving us, when he's guiding us, show me. We love when he's teaching us, when he's helping us to live right. You know what I mean? When he's comforting us, we love, oh, Holy Spirit, pour into my heart. But, but, but living through me, that's when it gets a little weird. I, the other day, I was, uh, I, was, I was fixing the LED sign. Believe it or not, that black greater church sign that's on the outside. And for those of you that are watching online or listening to this message later, um, come by the church. And so we have a, a black LED sign that we inherited. It's on the outside of the church. It's an LED sign. It actually lights up. It says words on it. It used to say words like time and stuff like that. And for the last eight months, I've been on the phone trying to fix that thing. It's the devil. It has a demon. I believe it. And so <laughs> I called this company and I got, I got to the point where, you know what I mean? You know when you're Christian, but, but then you get ratchet Christian, you know what I mean? Ratchet righteous. And I sent an email. I didn't curse in it. I didn't curse. But I said some stuff that could have sounded like curse words. And they ended up calling me back. Sir, we apologize. Um, we want to ask for your forgiveness, but also we want to be able to help you. And I was like, how can you help me? Are you sending a technician? Unfortunately, due to COVID, we're not sending any more technicians. We shift that way of our system in our, in our workplace. But what we can do is that we can remotely access that sign. And I'm like, you're going to bring a robot? Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? 
He says, like, no, connect it. There's a, a, a little antenna back there. Connect everything and log on to this one site. And some of y'all already done this before. This was a first for me. This guy jumps on the computer. And when he jumps on the computer, all of a sudden now, he's moving the mouse on my computer and clicking stuff. Like, that's the devil. <laughs> what kind of witchcraft and sorcery? He went in there and he started to turn the LED sign on. It's still broken. It has like weird pixelated stuff and we got to do a million things to it. But he started to work on it and I was like, yo, what the heck was that? How did you turn it on? How did you, what information do I got on there that you can see? You know what I'm saying? I don't got no pictures in there. Why y'all laugh like that? Why y'all laugh like that? Mine's so secular. In that computer, there's a bunch of church stuff and he was able to access it. And then he started to do things on my behalf. And see, this is what the Holy Spirit looks like. Because now, for some of the moms, you guys have the beautifulest privilege um, of all humanity. Um, for those of you that have, have children, you know what it's like when you have a seed in your stomach. And when you're sitting there in the bed. And some of y'all think that it's not fun, you know. When it's six, seven months. Allison, you remember that? When you're seven months, eight months pregnant and that little thing inside of you goes like that. And you feel it. Oh, what is that? And something is moving. Men, we don't know what that's like. After Taco Bell, maybe. But you know what I mean? But you don't know. You don't know what that's like. Living inside of you just like, and this, this thing is moving inside of you. And that, that in, in the most horrible comparison, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. He begins to live inside of you. And he begins to do things inside of you. Can I show you something? This was a promise from Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John is talking to the children of Israel. And he says to them, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Acts chapter 1, verse 15. Jesus is, is bringing back the thought that John said. And he says, for John baptized you with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He continues on to tell the disciples in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 2. Turn the page after they elected one of the disciples to be able to take over as the 12th. Acts chapter 2. It says when the day, verses 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What will happen though is that for some of us, myself included, we've been in churches where this is the moment where we would had the B, but B6, B7, B6, the Hammond, just ring that thing. Holy Ghost. You know what I mean? And God bless him. I don't speak against that. That's amazing. And I've been there. And I, I, I've been, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in a service like that with Mark Vega. And it was, the more you yell, the more the Spirit shows up. Hispanics, we yell loud. So it's like, we got a lot of Holy Spirit that comes on there. But I wanted to sit on this stool and I wanted to talk to you because I, I want to appeal to your intellect. I want to appeal to your heart and I want you to see what does that mean in your life without having to confuse you or get you so over emotional that you accept it because the person next to you is accepting it. What does it look like in your own personal life? Two things happened during this time. Number one, the Holy Spirit baptized them and this was the first time the, the disciples had not received the Holy Spirit 
I'll show it to you in just a second. And in this moment, for the first time, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was inside of them. They were indwelled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit lived inside of them. But then all of a sudden, there was a manifestation that happened. And it was a fulfillment of John chapter 7. Watch this. John chapter 7, verses 38 through 39. Whoever believes in him, in me. This is Jesus speaking now. This is in the Pentecostal book of the Lord or the charismatic scriptures of God. This is the Bible. Red letters, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as of yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus in John chapter 7, he talks about the Holy Spirit and he tells them it's going to come upon you and it's going to be able to fill you and begin to spill out of you. And all of a sudden now, what he's saying is that this hasn't happened yet, because the Holy Spirit, because Jesus hasn't left yet. But Jesus did leave. He did promise. And the Holy Spirit did was received by them. So watch what happens. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, you see it. I, I got a couple of scriptures here that you could do some homework. Um, I want you to go back. Othniel in Judges chapter 3 verse 10. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit came upon him. King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 11 verse 6. It says, and the Holy Spirit came upon him and he defeated an army. Samson. How many of y'all remember the book of Samson? Oh, not the book of Samson. How many of y'all remember the story of Samson? Remember that Samson, he, he messed up and he slept with Delilah? And then Delilah three times tells him, how, how can I take your strength? And his strength was in his hair. And because nobody, no, no razor, because he was a Nazarite, no, re, no razor, a Nazarene, no razor had ever gone into his hair. And so his power was there. And then when she cut his hair, what they did was that they were able to trap Samson. Understand that Samson was the guy that with the jaw of a donkey, he killed an entire army, a thousand men. Not a sword, not a gun. There were no AKs. With the jawbone of a donkey, he killed an entire army because he was filled with the Spirit. And he would do incredible exploits. You see David. David would be filled with the Spirit and he would kill lions and bears. And, and so in the Old Testament, there were these moments where the Holy Spirit would come on them and then they would do mighty exploits. I can sit here and tell you a thousand different scriptures, but then the Holy Spirit will ascend again. It wasn't until Matthew chapter 3. That scripture says that when Jesus was baptized, that the heavens opened up and that there was a dove and it said, and it descended upon Jesus. And it says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. That dove, that Holy Spirit didn't ascend back into heaven. It remained there. And Philippians chapter 1 verse 27, it talks about Jesus stripping himself of his identity so he can be born as a man. He walked this earth for 33, 30 years. And when he started the ministry, he got baptized and the Holy Spirit came inside of him. And then he began to do the works and the miracles. But I want to show you something. Because for some of us, it's hard for us to understand. We like the Jesus over there. We like God. We like God the Father. My daddy, Abba. You know, we love, we love that God. We, we like that God. We, we love him. We're scared of him sometimes. Anybody, you know, you're just scared of God, dad. You know, he's like, oh, father in heaven, oh, glorious light. It's hard to like, that name dad, father, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Jesus, we love Jesus. The one that died on the cross, you know what I mean? My, my, my big brother, the intercessor, the son of God, you know what I mean? He's, he's a strong conquering lion. He's going to return. We love him. But when we hear about the Holy Spirit, it begins to freak us out a little bit. And some of us have been raised where it's, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Scriptures. And we're going to talk about that next week. I got an entire message called Living Spilled.
And I promise you, I'm going to untangle a lot of what, I'm, what has been taught erroneously by every side of the fence. Not because I'm the best at this or because I got it all figured out, but because I stop and I allow for the Bible to just talk to me. And so, yeah, we'll get there. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Um, I'm sorry, John chapter 7, verse 38. Bring that back up again. Jesus says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. It, it takes us from having a firm faith. I think there's a lot of us that have a firm faith, but we don't have a flowing faith. And so I want you to have a flowing faith. Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 21. This is Peter. The Holy Spirit has happened, which I just read a little while ago. And the Holy Spirit has come upon them. And it's a mighty rushing wind. And the scripture says that they begin to speak in other tongues. And there were people, because it was a festival, there were thousands of people that were from other lands that actually came to that place because they were worshiping. And as they're walking by, they begin to hear their own language. And it's several different nationalities that begin to hear their own language. But none of these people spoke that language because they were Jewish. Now, here's what happens. That they start to say, yo, these people are drunk. That's what it is. And the Bible says, I'll show you in a second. Peter, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, he steps up and he says, hey, guys. These people that you see, they're not drunk like you say that they're drunk. No, in fact, he begins to walk them down the process of what Jesus actually came to do. And then he lands in verse 17 through 21 that I think it gets applied to me and to you. Watch what it says. Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 21. And in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men, your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and the vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes the great and magnificent day. And here's where it is. This is where rubber meets the road. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on my name and the name of the Lord shall be saved. The reason why we're filled is to live a life pleasing to God. The Holy Spirit helps us. He comforts us. He guides us. He teaches us. But then John chapter 7 verse 38, it says, he that believeth on me. I love the King James version of this. I want to show you this. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Koilia. That word koilia, that's the word belly. And there's other scriptures. Uh, the other scripture that I read that was in the New International, I mean, I'm sorry, in the King James Version, it says, out of your heart shall flow rivers of living waters. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. He that believeth on me, and as the scripture has says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Here's what Jesus said. There's going to come a time where I'm going to feel you. And the Holy Spirit is going to live inside of you. But then there's going to come a time where I'm going to feel you to be spilled and what happens is that now this isn't just an interior deal that's happening where God is muzzling you and helping you not to take your earrings off and punch that lady in the face or to steal that or to gossip about that or to sleep with that person or to do x y and z but all of a sudden now it goes from just you living inside to all of a sudden now it starts to spill on the outside it starts to spill on the outside Peter is sitting here and Peter has been living a life 
where he's been with Jesus and he's learned about Jesus. And in just a second, scripture says that one person came to him and says, while Jesus was being crucified, hey, do you know him? No, I don't know him. What are you talking about? But, but Peter, you, you, I, you, you surely were with him. No, I wasn't. What are you talking about? I wasn't with him. I don't know anything about that guy. Peter, my guy, I saw you hanging out with him. And Peter says, nah, bro, I don't know anything about him. Beep, 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 beep. Read the scripture. The Bible says he cussed. He spoke in the King James Version. And he says, no, nah, I, don't, I don't know anything about Jesus. I don't know, no, I don't know that guy. He denied Jesus. The very Jesus that said that if you deny me before men, I would deny you before the Father. But then he turns to Peter and he tells him after the third crow, you'll deny me. No, Lord, I'll even die with you. You're going to deny me, Peter. But then this very same Jesus, Scripture said that when he comes back and he sees them, they're out there fishing. And as they're fishing, all of a sudden, Jesus is sitting on the beach cooking some breakfast, beachside breakfast. And scripture says that he calls and Peter sees him first and he kind of recognizes who he is and he jumps in the water and he gets there. And, and Jesus has this conversation with him where he starts to talk to him and he begins to tell him, Peter, I love you. And, and he tells him, I want you to feed my sheep. And I, I want you to, I want you to be, I want you to take care of my flock, Peter. I, I'm going to build you up. I know you denied me. I know you messed up, but I want to take care of you. And all of a sudden, Peter who in, in all stretches of the imagination should not even be allowed to have any type of ministry. Scripture says in Acts chapter 2, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to him, men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. Jesus has died, resurrected, told them this is the promise. Peter has been in the upper room. He has been filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, he stands in front of thousands of people. Up to this point, Jesus was the only one that had preached. Up to this point, it was only Jesus who had preached. But here it is, Peter, thousands of people. How many of y'all would love it that your first sermon was in front of 5,000 people? I don't even want to talk, Tino. I don't let alone a sermon. He's sitting there with thousands of people and he begins to speak because he was filled with the spirit. Because what had happened all of a sudden is inside the upper room, not only did it fill him, but all of a sudden in Acts chapter 2, he begins to get spilled out. But, but, but what happens is this, but what happens is this, he gets spilled out, right? He gets spilled out and all of this stuff starts happening and the Holy Spirit was inside of him and he begins to preach. And he starts to give people all around him a little bit of what's inside of him. But then watch what happens. Acts chapter 4. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders, Peter has been preaching. And there was a man that was outside of the church. And this man that was outside of the church, he was lame since birth. And Jesus, I mean Peter, the man says, hey, can you give me some money? And Peter turns to him and Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you now. Get up, take your bed, and walk in the name of Jesus. And this man all of a sudden who's been lame since birth, not that he got in a car accident, but that he was in his mommy's tummy lame. He never knew how to walk. But yet he walks, he begins to run, and he starts leaping into the church. I mean, God skips steps when the Holy Spirit's involved. I said I wasn't going to do all this running around and stuff. I'm sorry. Let me go back. Let me come back. Let me come back. But scripture says that Peter gets arrested because of it. 
and they grab Peter and they put him into jail and they're like, yo, you can't be preaching Jesus. And scripture says that Jesus, that Peter, filled with the spirit, said to him, and I'm not going to read the whole scriptures, rulers and elders. So what happens is that all of a sudden now, Peter gets spilled again. He begins to preach. They release Peter because Peter was in jail and they release him because they say, yo, we don't want to fight against God. This might be God. So let's just not fight against it. This might be God. Let's try not to fight against it. And scripture says that he goes back to the people who were just inside of the upper room and had got filled with the spirit of God. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They were already filled. So why are they filled again? Because this is not the indwelling. This is the filling for works and for service. Now understand this. You see this part right here? This spilling? Next Sunday, I'm going to talk about what that is. I promise you, I'm going to unpack what that is right there. That spilling right there, because God has called you to be filled so that you can be spilled. Salvation, Christianity, is not just about you going to heaven, but it's about you plundering hell and bringing as many people as you can. I got to get two, two buckets next time. Everybody's going to get mad at me because I got to clean this later. Paul. Paul used to kill people. Paul hated Christians. In fact, Paul was going from church to church, plundering people that were Christians and bringing them to jail, eventually getting them murdered. To the point that in Acts chapter 9, remember a little while ago I read it, that a young man had just been killed, Stephen. Paul was sitting there holding everybody's coats while he was getting killed. Paul hated Christianity, but all of a sudden God finds him on straight street. He blinds him. And then he begins to tell somebody else, Mia, could you imagine if a dude that kills Christians, he hates everything to do with what we believe. All of a sudden God is like, yo, go talk to him. <laughs> talk to who? Those are those moments where you're just like, Lord, let me, let me, let me explain something to you. I don't know if you know this guy. You know what I mean? I know you don't like him. You know what I mean? And look at what the Bible says. So Ananias departed and entered the house where Paul was at. And laying his hand on him, he said, Brother Paul, the Lord Jesus has appeared to you on the road by which you came and has sent me so that you can regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because he understood that there was an assignment over his life like there is an assignment over your life. But watch this. All of a sudden, Paul gets told, hey, I got to go to this city. Because in this city, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of bad stuff that's happening, but I'm going to give you an audience with the governor. So imagine like Brian Kemp, like uh, Paul has a conversation with Brian Kemp. But when Paul is having a conversation with Brian Kemp, he's telling him about Jesus. And Brian Kemp is at this part where he's like, yo, I want to give my life to Jesus. And I want to turn all of Georgia to Jesus. But then all of a sudden, there's this guy who is into witchcraft, who's a, who's a sorcerer. He comes in and he begins to block Paul and starts to tell the, the governor, you don't need to listen to this guy. This is all lies. This doesn't even make sense. And look at what the Bible says. Acts chapter 13, verse 9. Paul, who was already filled with the spirit acts chapter 13 verse 9 but paul who was also but saul who was also called paul filled with the spirit looked intently at him he blinded that guy that guy he he was shocked because his actual physical body was affected by the very holy spirit that paul was preaching about but the jesus that paul was preaching about and this man is blinded and the governor 
comes to Jesus and the entire region is saved because Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yo, a little bit of homework for you. Go back and look at those other scriptures, but a little bit of homework. Read through the book of Acts and just see how many times it says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and then see what happens when they do those things. This isn't an upgrade for religious elite people. This is a requirement for all believers. This is for us, not just to live a life that has the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but for us to be filled, to be spilled because there's a broken next door neighbor, there's a hurting coworker, there's a person at the gas station who's gonna leave that gas station to go kill themselves. And we have a responsibility that the Holy Spirit is filling us so that we can be spilled. Last scripture that I'm gonna read to you. And being assembled together with them, we have an assignment. Jesus, speaking about me and you, I want you to see your assignment. And being assembled together with them, all of the disciples, remember that in the upper room there was 120. It wasn't just the disciples. There was 120 people and all of them got baptized with the Spirit. They all spoke in tongues. They all were filled. 120, not just the, the religious elite, but everybody who had been a part of that church. And there was hundreds more that had scattered because when Jesus died, they all said, we don't want Jesus because we thought he was going to rescue us. And so here is 120 church members and being assembled together with them, Jesus, he commanded them to depart, to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. Everybody says promise for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard me for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, therefore. When they had come together, they asked them, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? We already thinking about what the end of the story is. And Jesus says to them, yo, here's what I want you to know. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the father has put in his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my. It's the next one. There you go. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They received the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for the children and for those who are off everyone whom the Lord our God calls so Chino what do I do that sounds great I I, I love this and I'm, I'm ready next week I'm coming next week because I want to talk about that spilling part like I want to see what that I want to see what that spilling part I want to hear about that what does that what does that mean like explain that part to me and, and so there's three different people who are in this room if I'm honest with you there's some of us in this room that honestly this is this, this is us. And man, sin, life, hurt, shame, guilt, it has made you to the point where every now and then you got a couple little drops in you. And I want to give glory and honor to my Lord Jesus Christ. And that you're living and it just, there's, there's a couple little drops in you. But if I'm honest with you, man, you're just, the, the, the feeling, you, you don't even have salvation. And again, you belong before you behave at Greater Church, man. We love you. The hope and the desire is that you would hear the gospel, Jesus, tons and time and time again. It's the death, burial, the resurrection. It's Jesus living a sinless life. He died for your sins. These steps that are, we've been talking about, that comes after the first step. Number one is that you would give your life to Jesus. 
And for some of us in this room, man, we want to afford that opportunity to you in just a second. But then there's, there's some of us in this room who we've been living with God and we, we, we've had God and we feel like we've had this right here. And we, you know, we, there, there's sometimes we do good and there's sometimes that we, we might not do so good. You know what I mean? There's sometimes that we, we get it right and there's sometimes we don't. But I, one thing I know is that I'm saved. One thing I know is that I have the Holy Spirit because I hear him when he tells me not to do that. But you haven't crossed to this moment where all of a sudden now the Holy Spirit fills you to the point where you, you get spilled. Right? So those are a couple people who are in this room. And then there's some people in this room that you understand. And all of this is fine and dandy. You get it. You've actually been, you've actually been filled. You've been spilled. You know what this is. But you're in a season of your life where you feel like, man, I've been pouring out so much, you know, that I know Jesus and I know this, man. I've seen him work in me. But, you know, I've gotten to a point right now, man, where I just feel like, man, I'm just empty. And you're a Christian and you've operated in the gifts of the spirit. You've been filled and you've been spilled, but you just feel like you're empty. Wherever you are on this journey, can I tell you that there's access to you? There's access to him. Last scripture that I'm going to read and I'm going to close out in prayer. Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will you give him a serpent instead of the fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In May, we're going to have a time where we're going to lean into this a lot more. and I, I want to take the next few weeks and I'm going to teach you what this, this spilling looks like. What does it look like? That piece right there, right? But this moment here, wherever you are at in whatever one of those three you find yourself in, today you have access to a father that can fill you, a father that can give you the spirit, a father that can save you. And man, maybe you've been filled and you just feel dry today. There's a father that wants to do that. Now, here's what will happen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up on stage. Here's what will happen. There has been time and time again where you come up to a stage and somebody will shake your head and the music band starts playing and Laurent starts... And, and it's huge in emotionalism. But it don't have to be all that. This is a moment between you and God. This is a moment where this isn't a group project. This is individually. This is your life that can be marked and changed. Would you do me a favor, everybody in this room, would you stand up? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't
don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on